Today I'm talking with Holly West. Holly is a spiritual mentor of mine and has been a teacher and guide for me for about three years now. Uh, Holly is my go-to for spiritual counsel, working with power animals, spirit guides, all that fun stuff. So today we're going to talk to Holly about how to work with our power animals, how to identify them, and how to utilize them in our um, daily lives. Love this talk, love Holly's knowledge, and really hope you get something out of the conversation. We'll see you on the other side. But first, a message from our sponsor. Our healing journey can be difficult and might feel lonely at times. That's why I love sound baths. When we can get together in a community, we intrinsically support and feel supported by others. And that combined energy can help us go deeper into our own healing journeys. And all you have to do is just lay there for one hour and listen to beautiful healing sounds. I'm a sound healing practitioner, and I hold sound baths on a regular basis in the greater Seattle area. You can find my next sound baths on my website at adamrealhealing.com. That's Adam, A-D-A-M, real, R-I-E-H-L, healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G, dot com. Adamrealhealing.com. Your healing is worth your time. And now an uninterrupted podcast with Holly West. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, today I have a return guest, a dear friend of mine. I call you my spiritual mentor. I don't know if I've ever told you that, um, but uh, Holly West is back. Holly is uh, a medium that I've been working with for about three years now, two and a half, three years, somewhere in there. I think it's closer to four. Closer to four now, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, so Holly and I started with sessions, her helping me kind of understand the spiritual nature of what I was stepping towards. Uh, turned very quickly into a mentorship that um, Holly is now a mentor of mine that I love spending time with you. We just had a session yesterday. Yeah. Um, we just came back from spending a beautiful weekend together in California where you were training uh, myself and another young lady on some different type of shamanic practices. Um, and you just, you're such a fountain of knowledge and I love the conversations that we have. I love how approachable you make things. Um, and, uh, and so today... Uh, the last episode first, the last episode we talked about, um, spirit guides and how to utilize spirit guides. And that was about a year and a half ago or so. It was a bit of a bit of time ago. It's been a bit of time, yeah. Uh, so today I have Holly back and we're going to talk about power animals, also known as spirit animals and how we can utilize those spirit animals within our practices, whether we're energy workers or not, you don't have to be an energy worker to utilize your spirit animals or power animals or any of your guides. Uh, every single human being has spirit guides, power animals, angels, ancestors working around you. Um, and this is a belief that I have, um, that, you know, we share. It's the, yeah, it's uh, true. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's one of those things that if, if you don't believe it, that's fine. Right. It's not, they're not, it doesn't hurt their feelings. Right. But when you can understand and embrace the energies around us that we don't see, sometimes we feel, sometimes we sense, sometimes we intuit, um, it opens up a whole nother door of magic, of spirit, of, of this mysticism that if you don't want to believe it, that's great. But like, think about life where there's beautiful, like animal spirits following you around, making sure that you stay safe and, and identifying things that you might want to look at that is correct. and leaving these little Easter eggs around for that's you to say, right. Hey, Hey, there's some cool thing over here that might have this message in it if you look at it close enough. Come over here, Adam. I have something to show you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes that's what it is. It's a call to action. It's a call to, hey, guess what? We've got work to do. Let's go. And mm -hmm. why are you waiting? Let's let's make this happen together. You know, spirit animals are um, 
something that I work a lot with mm. on a basically a daily basis. And I have some that I, my daily work, some that when I'm doing my shamanic work, and some that I just like to curl up with and take a nap. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's amazing. And it's amazing how they come forward. I, um, well, the very first one that I ever met was a dragonfly. Mm. And, oh, dragonfly. You know, you can't, how do you, seven years for these beautiful things to come forward, right? Mm -hmm. And they come directly from water and this beautiful, wonderful, amazingly fast, tiny little creature. And yet that is one of my hardest working power animals. Mm. I remember distinctly driving down the road. I had my sunroof open and I kept, I was in the beginning of some of my trainings and mm -hmm. I kept saying, spirit, just show me my power animals. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you just show me what this is? And then all of a sudden this dragonfly flew into my car <laughs> yeah, through the sunroof and sat on my um, dashboard and looked at me with its great big, beautiful black eyes mm -hmm. and looked at me and I said, oh, oh okay, why are you here? Besides screaming that there was a dragon right. flying in my car. <laughs> but then coming to the realization that, wait a minute, you just asked. Well, okay, wait a minute, I get what I ask for? Mm. So it looked right at me, and then it flew away. Then I went home, and about two days later, opened up this back, the screen door in the back. Guess what flew in? <laughs> flew right into the house, landed right where I could see it, looked right at me, flew away. Mm. Then the third one that I saw, I was looking in a metaphysical shop and then all of a sudden out of the blue over in the corner, there's a beautiful dragonfly, fo po uh, excuse me, portrait mm. looking right at me. So then I said, okay, spirit, I guess that's the third time because I do everything in threes. Yep. Spirit, that's the third time I'm going to go ahead and accept that. And from then on, we started working together. That's beautiful. That's one way that they can come yeah. forward. There's many, 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 many others. Well, I like that example too, because it, it takes it away from the animal itself, mm -hmm. right? It's a power, it can be a power being, right? Right. And uh, so insects, animals, I mean, actually, you know what? So I've had some, had some really esoteric thoughts about this. Uh oh. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know if now's the right time to get into it, but I'm just going to pose one question. Okay. Can a dinosaur be a power animal? Yes. Oh, fucking awesome. Yeah. Probably a power like a T-Rex or Come a power on. stegosaurus, you know? What are we talking about oh, here? Man. I mean, your cat can be a power animal. You know, okay. So <laughs> the other esoteric question I have about this, and this is this is just a thought experiment, maybe, but do animals have power humans? I or don't animals know. have well, like human spirits that kind of like assist them? Do you know what I think about animals? I think they're so very pure yeah. that they don't need us to wreck their lives. Okay, okay. <laughs> You know, that's, and that's interesting because there's, it, at one point in time, I used to think there was like a level of reincarnation that comes back. And mm -hmm. if you came back as an animal, that means you kind of effed something up, right? But now I, I feel it's like the it's the complete opposite. Like once you mm -hmm. figure shit out and you really understand life, then you get, then to, you get to be back. a pet, That's you right. know, at, for, for like a pet for an amazing owner. You know, like some person that takes great care of you. Right? You can just like, gives you the leisure to lay around, takes you on walks. Your kibble the is park, there every you know? day at three and five. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I think that it's the exact opposite. I don't think that they need us in that way. I think that they are presented to us mm. for basically to show us the way. I mean, yeah. feline medicine is amazing, mm -hmm. right? Um, canine is 
in fact, I know a lot of people that they've had beautiful, wonderful um, canine companions that have passed into the next world. And they're part of their pack, mm. right? What they do is it's still part of them. Um, I have a very, very, very good friend who rescues a lot of older dogs. And I'll tell you what, she gives me a call and, and I come over and I meet the latest dog that she's rescued. Yeah. And boy, that dog has a story. <laughs> wow, it has a story. But then the flip side of that is that because they're older, they pass quite right. frequently. Yeah. And the beauty of this most amazing human is that she has a pack of these animals that she's rescued that follows her wherever she wow. goes. So there's her power pack, yeah. right? She can lean on them when she needs things, and they're there for her for that. Mm. So, That's beautiful. But, you know, if you're looking at it in the um, realm of, the, of shamanic work, mm -hmm. we also bring our power animals forward to cloak us, uh, to help us to do the work that we need to do, and sometimes maybe we, we don't want every spirit to see that we're out there. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Um, and then sometimes we use them for the power piece that we need to uh, go and find the spirit that maybe we need or to take us to a place that's safe in the shamanic world, mm. the second, whatever we want to call it, right. the parallel universe. Um, the one, Yeah, you got it. The one that is going to take us into uh, that realm safely and bring us back home safely. So I rely on my power animals. Like, you cannot believe I rely on yeah. my power animals. They are very, very important to me. I was just sharing this uh, with you before we hit record, but um, so one of the things that, that Holly and I do together, and she's, she's teaching me, is how to journey, uh, do rattle journeys. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and with that, you know, um, the way that this is kind of laid out for me is, uh, you know, I, I follow the rattle as something to come home to, right? Mm -hmm. that's, my, that's my anchor. Yeah. And uh, once the rattle starts, I'm introduced to my, my teacher. And my teacher is, uh, you know, everybody's person that they get introduced to is going to be different. My teacher, we have this beautiful relationship. We have this greeting that's amazing. And then the teacher, uh, so last night when I, uh, we had a session in the afternoon. <laughs> I got done with my yoga class in the evening and sat down and meditated and had no intentions to journey, but my teacher had a different different agenda for me. So I sat down <laughs> yeah, and closed my eyes do. and yeah. he popped up. We did our greeting and he said, get your rattle, homie. And I'm like, all right, get my rattle. <laughs> And, uh, and started rattling and he, you know, takes me on this journey, uh, through the woods and we go to a cave and, and, um, four power animals are there. And usually I work with three. And so, um, and basically what this, this, uh, this journey was, was him telling me that I'm not utilizing my power animals enough. This is what they all use. That this is what some of the usages are that you mm -hmm. can, you can utilize them for them. Yes. Some of the skills that they, they possess and, um, and, the, the message really was you can't overuse this. You, you can't because what you're doing is pure work and is very wholesome and we are here to help you. So please yes. lean into us and let us help you. It's the exact opposite of overwork. Right. I mean, they, they want more. They, they're there to guide us and help us. They've presented themselves to us mm -hmm. in a way that allows us to know that they are ready to be utilized. Mm. Anytime we can help somebody else heal or help ourselves heal or utilize their their energies in a beautiful way we're giving back to them right we're not taking from them however that brings me to gratitudes mm, yes yes and you know i'm strong with gratitude yes anytime that we do utilize them anytime that we um, feel a draw to them we begin with gratitude mm -hmm. 
we end with gratitude and everything in between is what they are graciously giving us. Um, you know, and you can take your gratitude for whatever it may or may not be. It may be a, a word that you say to them. It could be like sometimes I have a beautiful swan and they love it when I bring grub. I mean, they, they, there's things that we do that give them the gratitude, that give them the feeling of, okay, you know what? I am here to be with them. I want to be with them. And I can't be overused, mm. right? Yeah. So everything begins with gratitude. Everything ends with gratitude. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's been something that I think has helped me ease that story the that burden. I have in my head, mm -hmm. you know, of like I'm overusing you. It's like, well, when I call you in, I thank you for being here. And whenever we are done with our session or whatever you're helping with, I thank you for that. Sometimes even offering it for the opportunity to, yeah. uh, but one thing that, that just popped into my mind, um, you know, as we're talking about overusing, um, so one of the, you know, psychological things we, we now know about humans and domesticated animals, because, you know, when they're out in the wild, they're doing their own thing, right? But when they're domesticated, you know, we're, we have a purpose for them now, mm -hmm, right? We do. Um, but the one thing that, that kind of stands out with this is that humans and domesticated animals need to have some kind of purpose. And when they don't have a purpose, that's when things start to flounder, right? Correct. And so if you're a spirit and you're the purest of what you can be, right? Mm -hmm. The purest of a human desire is to be of purpose, Right. And so, of course, the spirit is going to be uh, want to be a purpose in any kind of way of help, of assistance, of guidance. Right. This is correct. And so, yes, that horse doesn't want to pull the, 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 the plow. But if it just sits in the stable all day, it's going to get depressed because it doesn't have anything to do. And so they do get depressed. Totally. Animals right? feel emotions so keenly. Mm -hmm. And and it's, you know, when you're looking at your power animal and when mine comes forward because it knows that I need it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking at it like, okay, you're doing your work. I'm doing my work. Let's work together. And thank you for this moment. Thank you for showing me that, oh my gosh, wait a minute. I kind of needed you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So yes, their purpose is to be a part of our journeys and to be with us as we journey, because that's really all that they want. It's the same thing as our ancestors. They want us to learn mm -hmm. and grow and then to utilize our growth for other people, for their learnings and for their growth. I mean, you met your power animals in beautiful ways. You met them through journeys. You met them through, um, I think reading. I mean, how, right. right? Well, the actual, okay. So this is, this is, okay. So this is one of the first things that blew my mind about you, you know, cause you know, okay. I, you know, and, and you echo this, right? It's yeah. not just me saying this, but in this realm of the world that we that we play in, mm -hmm. it's good to have a healthy skepticism. Always. Like just to go in blindly believing like, yes, okay, cool. Animals are experienced. Let's yeah. do this, right? Yeah. No, no, like and put dip a toe in, feel it out yourself, right? Understand what's going on, right? You can't just like blindly believe this shit. And then that's when you get these gurus that don't have yeah, your best no. interest in mind. And I would start... suggest you don't. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it goes back to my favorite quote. If you meet the Buddha on the road, kill the Buddha, right? If you yeah. meet somebody on the road, that's like, hey, I'm your guru. I'm going to help you out. No, they, they don't have the best interest in mind, right? You can F that person off and go find somebody that's like, yeah, okay, fine. But, so, we were introduced, um, and we had a phone call for our first session. Mm. And it was just a phone call, not a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. And um, and you, uh, it was beautiful. You had a lot of great insights. But one of the things that stood out the most, and I didn't realize it until the next day, was that you said, I see a white tiger as one of your power animals. And I'm like, okay, interesting. Like, I always thought maybe elephant or something like that. But yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, cool. Okay. We'll flag that. You know, I'll, I'll get back to that later. 
the next morning. And so I've been meditating the same way for about, at this point, about five years. Mm-hmm. I sit down in the morning. I have a 40-minute meditation. I wrap myself up in two blankets, one around my waist, one around my back. I sage myself. I sit down for 40 minutes. Sometimes I chant. Sometimes I just breathe. Pretty ritualistic, right? It's yeah. the same kind of thing. So we had that conversation. The next morning I woke up, 7 a.m., sat down and meditated. And for some reason, I paid attention to the blanket that I wrapped around my shoulders. <laughs> that, again, I've been wrapping around my shoulders for five years at this point in time. Yeah. And there's a fucking white tiger on the back of this thing. And I'm like, of course there is. God damn it. Like, get out of my head, Holly West. Well, like, I'm Jesus. sorry. We're in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was, and that was one of those things. It's like, holy crap. Like, that was, there's no way that yeah, no. there, you know, and, and again, it's spe- spectators mind or speculative, yeah. speculative mind. There's no way yeah. she could have known that. Right. Yeah. And so, but those are those things that start to break down those barriers of whatever perception of belief that you might have. And then realize that like, Hey man, there's people out there that might know some shit you don't. And just because you don't know, it doesn't mean that it's bullshit. This is true. And your journey has been a beautiful journey. It's been great. From that first phone call, which I saw the white tiger and it was very clear and it wasn't even so much that it was, I did see it around your back actually, if Mm -hmm. I recall, but I recall it walking too. And it was the way that it was prowling towards you. Yes. It was waiting to get in, but you kept pushing it back and pushing it back. And I thought to myself, how is he pushing back a white tiger? That's crazy to me. (laughs) We figured it out. But (laughs) (laughs) I do think that part of this is acceptance. Yeah. And part it it is. It's very much acceptance. And really, God, where can your life go if you actually look at these things? And if you have to start as a skeptic, start as a skeptic. Whatever works for you. But if you can take a moment and you can stop and look at these things and think, well, she didn't know I had that tiger on my back. And, and wait a minute, there's more to this. And wow, that white tiger coming towards me may be my destiny. Mm-hmm. And what it was coming forward for was was to help you. It wanted to be a part of you. It wanted to help you. It still wants to help you. It's still with you. Yep. And it would like to be used more, please. So, yep. <laughs> and you've had several more come forward. Yeah, most definitely. Several yeah, more. Yeah, so, so far I have uh, the, the, the ones that I work with on a regular basis, uh, three are White Tiger, Crane, and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And then just recently, um, through our journey work in California together, um, the Raven kind of identified yeah. themselves to me. And so when I sat yesterday in my meditation and my guy took me to my animals, there was an iridescent crow raven type bird there that when it flies towards me, it looks black, but when it flies away from me, it looks blue. Yes. And blue is one of the spirit, spirit colors. Coming and from so spirit. if it's flying away from me, it's almost like it's carrying a message up to spirit Correct. for me. And if it's coming down, it's bringing me a it's message. bringing it back. And isn't that really what crows and ravens are all about? They're the bringer and the giver of spirit. Mm. They, they give and take life. Um, ravens are powerful power animals. Yeah. They speak to us in ways that are true. And they really speak our truth to us, mm. is what they do. You fork a raven's tongue and they can speak. Oh, mm. They're that strong of a bird. Their yeah. memory is impeccable. I have a bird at the same place where we went who actually greets me every time I come back. Now, whether or not it's a real bird right. or otherwise, <laughs> right. sometimes I wonder. And it loves it if I leave an offering out. But, it, you know, they're very smart, brilliant birds. Mm. You think about, you know, 
what we can learn from them. Yeah. It's vast. Yep. Vast. The very first experience I had with a raven, and I didn't realize this until we had this other experience in California, was um, years ago I went, uh, uh, did a Vipassana meditation retreat. Mm-hmm. It's 10 days silent meditation. Um, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Mm. It's It was treacherous. It was just painstaking, but it was also beautiful because I unwrapped a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But you think about 10 days of no, and, and with Vipassana, it's uh, it's basically a sensory meditation. We take our breath through our body. We identify what call some kalpas, bring those to the surface and they start to disappear. So we're basically trying to pull up past traumas and understandings of what we haven't dealt with and, and deal with them. Correct. And so there's a lot of quieting of the mind. We basically meditate for 11 hours a day, you know, within chunks. And there's no there's no reading, writing, talking. You eat twice a day. You can walk for your exercise and you sleep, meditate. That's about it. And so day eight. So the first like eight days, wow, Adam, I was yeah. I was just in my shit, right? I couldn't yeah. I couldn't get away from it. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was everything that I that I. Tried to smoke weed to get away from, watch TV to get away from, drink to get away from, because I was still drinking at that time. And uh, take all those stimulants away, and mm-hmm. you, there's there's your shit, right? You're faced with your shit. And so those first eight days, I was in it. I was in it. I was crying a lot. I was just depressed. I was, But it was working, right? I was working through some shit. Yeah. And so on day eight, <clears throat> I, uh, I finally started to crack through, and I started having some good days. And I was uh, just finished a, like a two-hour meditation, and I, w- I went to the walking paths. And I was walking through these walking paths and something told me to go into the woods. I'm like, mm. okay, just go into the woods. And as soon as I took one step into the woods, I felt this br- this like breeze of air push down on me and I could hear it. And then I heard it again and felt it again. And I'm like, why is there a pattern of wind blowing down on me? And I looked up and probably about 100 feet up, maybe 30, 40 feet up, there was a crow or a raven flying over me. And I could hear the wings and I could feel the down the down uh, wind of the, the wings. I'm like what the fuck is that? And so I, and that was the start of that experience. And basically I walked into those woods and everything became like four HDK, right? It just zoomed into me. I could see the, the dew forming on moss. Mm -hmm. I could see like a leaf just like kind of turned down to catch the sun in a different way. You know, I could feel the bird's wings, all these Mm -hmm. things happened. It was such a magical moment. Chalked it up to Vipassana, you know, okay, that was cool. Good experience there. Didn't have that experience again until we were in California years and years later, at least five years later. Yeah. And I was sitting on the patio after we got there and got checked in to the cabin and I heard that sound again. I'm like, wait a minute. I know that sound. And I looked and there was a raven flying across Mm -hmm. and then another raven flew and I heard the sound again. I'm like, oh my God, I can hear raven's wings. That's two. Yep. And I can't hear any of the birds. I haven't heard any of the bird's wings, just raven's wings. And so, and that was the, the moment where I'm like, maybe there's something, you know, maybe, maybe Raven has something for me, you know? And, uh, and then, you know, about a week later I'm sitting in meditation and here comes this blue Raven. I'm like, all right, well, there let's, it is. let's do this, man. Let's figure this out. Yeah. They, they will present themselves to you and they will do it at different times. In some cases, there's even been, um, tell of a child being born and then seeing the spirit animal coming through at the exact same time and knowing that that is attached to that child. There's times where, um, as, as it happened to you and it happened to me, that dragonfly came to me three Mm. very distinct times. I knew exactly what that was. Then there's other times when you journey and your journey is purposeful in finding your power animal. Um, so during your journey, you either meet or you are introduced to your power animal. They can also be present during, um, 
many shamanic traditions, many, many, through soul retrieval. Uh, when we go in and we do a soul retrieval, sometimes we will have one brought back. I had one brought back. Uh, actually, it was my eagle. Mm. And so there's many, many traditions and many ways that you can meet and greet with your power animals. And sometimes, as I said, they're just showing up in daily life. Right. And they're giving you every single answer when uh, I've just started a new circle. Mm-hmm. And this beautiful circle that I have just begun, I was asking Spirit repeatedly, please give me a sign. Help me to know what shall I call this circle? Because again, in the shamanic tradition, you must name your circle. Mm. And I kept saying to it, Spirit, please show me. I need to know if this is the right way. Are we doing the right thing? What shall I name this circle? So I'm walking around the house and I'm kind of like... Gosh, what do I name the circle spirit? I just don't know what to do. Is this the right thing? Tell me, tell me, tell me. All of a sudden, I hear this. I don't even know what you can call it. We all know how a hawk sounds, right? Yeah. But it was a different sound. It was a sound that I kind of thought that maybe there was a hawk that was dinner in my backyard or something (laughs) bad was happening to a hawk, right? And it's not very often that I see them in my backyard. So I walked outside and, and I kept hearing it and I finally looked up. And right above me in my home, at my home, just middle of wherever, there's two red-tailed hawks Hmm. circling each other above my head. And I think they're mating. They're making the most horrendous sound I've ever heard. (laughs) And I'm like, that cannot be fun. Right? right? There's other ways. And so as I'm hearing these two hawks, they're circling each other, and they stayed there. They just stayed. And I was like, okay, thank you, Spirit. Those are two of my threes. I appreciate it. If this is the correct way, please show me another. So about two or three days later, I was getting ready for a client, and I'm sitting at my desk looking out my back window, and I see this skirmish going on back there. And I look, and lo and behold, (laughs) a red-tailed hawk had dropped down and was sitting in my backyard looking at me. Directly, just beam to the point where I'm like, gosh, can he get through my window? But then I knew. I knew at that point that the circle that was beginning was Red Tail Hawk Circle. Mm. Then when I went and researched it, it, it had so many meanings that matched what was going on within this circle. Yeah. Spirit will always give you what you need if you stop and look and listen. That's the thing. You have to stop and look and listen mm-hmm. and quit being so involved in who you are and thinking that you have all the answers. I think that's, that's, that's a, a big hard part for a lot of, a lot of us is that we're, we're taught such a physical world mm-hmm. that the metaphysical is just so just, it's such a mystery and it's, it's not even believable in the beginning, right? Because we're, so, we're taught to be so tangible. We are. Shit, you know? We're taught that if we can't touch, see, feel, hear then it's not, it can't be real. Right. But then we speak of faith and we speak of trust. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's if, a big if, dichotomy. With that's all that. right. If we bring those forward, then yeah, we can believe that faith spirit gave me the answer that I needed. Right. It was perfect mm-hmm. in its own way. And you, you'd mentioned earlier about being ready, you know, and I think that's yes. a big thing. You know, there's, there's times where 
you could be pleading and kicking and screaming to, for, for spirit or source or an animal to show themselves to you. But like, if you're not ready to really understand and embrace that, then it's you not going to really happen. You bet. In you fact, know? I think that's the biggest piece of this is acceptance. If, if you're just seeing a dragonfly drop on your front, you know, and right there in your car, you're like, oh God, that was kind of weird. And then second time it's like... Maybe I got to go spray for dragonflies, which is absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. And then the third time you're thinking, wow, that's kind of odd. What, what is that all about? And it, but if you're not ready for it and you're not ready to accept it, it means nothing. It's a dragonfly. Right. Right? Yeah. So, but if you are, then you learn everything you can about the dragonfly. Yeah. And you learn to accept it. And then when you go on your journey, you start to work with it. It's faith. Mm-hmm. It's trust. It's the understanding that spirit has a by far bigger grander whatever we want to call it um direction for you right and trust it mm-hmm. it's like right? you really can find meaning in the oh, most yeah. minute things in life if you're really open enough to to try to find the answers exactly i i and i wanted to share with you about the keynote on raven and mm. i want you to know that this comes from a book called animal speak it's ah, by ted andrews great book it's an amazing book i almost consider if you want to call it such a I call it like a Bible for me, but (laughs) because I believe that strongly in what animals are for us, but it's, it's keynote is magic, shape shifting and creation. You were in the middle of every piece of that Mm. when that Raven showed itself to you. You were in the middle of believing in your magic. You were shape shifting because obviously how many days were you meditating? Yeah. Okay, so you're shape-shifting and creation. You're creating something new in your life. They will show up for you when you need them, and they will show up for you at different times. Some days I may have, to, I may be working with my swan more than I work with, with my eagle or my um, dragonfly or God, any of them that have come forward. Trust right. me, there's been many. Mm-hmm. And they come forward when I need them the most, but you'll find one that you know will always be the one that you go to. Yeah. Yeah. To the fact, I, I mean, I have people that can't sleep at night and we have come forward with their power animal and we, we say, call on them, allow them to wrap themselves around you. So you are sleeping in peace and you're sleeping in comfort. Mm. And sometimes people have anxiety. They can help bring their anxiety down, but you have to be able to meet them, to greet them, to be a part of them and to have faith in what they're teaching you. Right. Because if you have all that, You've got it. Okay. You've got it. So for people that are new to this, and let's say that, um, let's say that just uh, like a a raccoon keeps popping in front of somebody's (laughs) head, right? And I just keep seeing raccoons everywhere, right? Yeah. So if uh, if somebody is starting to see or understand that they have some kind of power animal, or maybe they meditate or Mm -hmm. they have some kind of thing, some sign that was given to them, Mm -hmm. um, what's a way that people can kind of dig into that on their own? Well, first and foremost, if something is is uh, spending enough time to show themselves to you, acknowledge it. Hmm. That's number one. But if you're seeing something repeatedly and it's over and over and over again in your life, figure it out. Read about it. Learn about their patterns. Find out what does a raccoon mean. Well, to me, that means family. Hmm. They're yeah. big with family, yeah. right? They're amazing foragers. They go out and they find the things that they need to service their family, to keep their families together. They are res- resilient. resilient. They're, they, they figure things out, right? Very, very so yeah. Spirit is saying to you, use your creativity, figure out your family. Where are you at with this? Hmm. What do you need to look at inside of you in order to start utilizing raccoon? So if a person sees something and it's coming forward like that, 
again, research it. Build an altar towards it. Mm. Be open to what its message is to you. It's nothing if it's not giving you a message. Right. Right? Then it's just a raccoon in your backyard. Right, exactly. Which we have enough of them, but they're beautiful, wonderful, magical creatures who have so very much to learn. Mm. You can go as small as an ant. Right, yeah. I mean... <laughs> and which is a powerful, powerful very being powerful. in itself. You know? Think about what an ant can do. Study that creature. Know all about that creature. What did a T-Rex do? What was their lifestyle like? Right. Same thing. Study it. Understand it. Know it. Know everything that you can possibly know about it. What do they eat? When did they eat? How did they eat? How did they digest their food? Understand them. Know them. Yeah. Honor them in that way. How you find your power animal is just as important as learning about them as Mm. well. Did you find them in nature? Did you find them through a journey? How did it come? What did it show you? Okay. Because even that is maybe you need to be spending more time in nature. What about its nature did you see? You can go forward with Mm. every single question you can possibly come, but all of those questions have answers. Right. And they're designed to help you grow and to change. I, uh... You know, this can be, this type of idea can mm-hmm. be chalked up to coincidence, random, you know, I think that's the humanistic way to, to rationalize right. all of this stuff. And uh, I was listening to a person talk the other day, and I can't remember the person's name off the top of my head, but they said um, the random and uh, coincidence are just universal laws that have not yet been recognized. Exactly. And I love that because it was a mathematician that, that was saying, again, I can't remember his name, but basically was saying like you can find patterns in anything if you're given enough of the pattern to look at correct and and right now like when we're living within let's say chance or random it doesn't seem that patternistic but when you can zoom out and look at maybe a thousand years worth of that time or maybe even 10 days worth of that time Mm -hmm. maybe you'll start to see the pattern that works out there. exactly how many times has a raccoon shown up for you in your life right i mean look I don't know about you guys, but I don't have a lot of red-tailed hawks dropping itself into my backyard and right. looking at me. I mean, and I don't have a lot of dragonflies just drag, flying in. Look for the answer. You're not searching for something that's not true, but mm-hmm. you're looking. You're searching for something that is real. Right. Right? The randomness of three times, to me, lets me know that that's real. Right. It's no longer random. Mm-hmm. It's now sustainable. Right? So look for it. Look for it in nature, yeah. right? I was doing something today, and I saw a teeny tiny little ant run across a table. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. We're in the middle of, what, October, November no, now? Early November now, yeah. Yeah, how is this tiny little ant, like, hanging out right here? This mm-hmm. is not normally what they do. They forage at a different place in the time, I, at least I think they do. So, okay, now I'm on, I'm, my, I'm up. Where's mm-hmm. the rest of the ants? I'm looking for them. Right. What do they have to say to me? Okay, I'm gonna, we'll wait and see. But it can be as simple as a little ant, or it can be as big as a rat under your house. Why is it under my house? What's it doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Treat your power animals with respect. Treat them with um, honor, and how we honor that is to know them. Yes, definitely. And I think I just, I think uh, when I really started to get to know my power animals was when my mom fell sick. Yeah. And, um, and so my mom just recently just passed away from cancer. But when she found, when we found out she was diagnosed back in February, um, you know, immediately I'm like, okay, what can I do to help? You know, how can I, how can I help physically help? And then I was like, okay, well, how can I spiritually help? And so I would, um, every meditation I would have, I'd send love to my mom, send loving energy, send Reiki, you mm-hmm. know, all this yeah. stuff. 
And then uh, one day I was sitting there and um, my crane was like, hey, send me, send me to her and I'll, I'll hold her in my wings and I'll make sure she stays safe. Yeah. And so that triggered another thing. So it was like, okay, well, cool. Yeah, I'll send, I'll send her, I'll send my crane to my mom. And then uh, another voice was like, well, send the energy of Hanuman that you have within you, mm. you know, and Hanuman's a big, big healer. Mm -hmm. Right. And the other side of that for me too, is Hanuman is devoted to Rama, which is God. Right. Correct. Um, and the Ramayana is a beautiful book, Hindu book. If you haven't read it, it's long and lengthy. That's just some light reading for light you. Reading. Right, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a weekend read <laughs> thousand pages, no big deal. But uh, in the Ramayana, it talks about how Hanuman will do anything for Rama, his God, because he's so devoted to him. So mm -hmm. in, in, my head mom my mom is my rama you know she's my god you know because yeah. she birthed me into this world i love her to death i love everything that she is we've not always gotten along right and i think that's another uh, you right. know as, you know uh, um, sign of a, of, a, of a good God, you know, is that you don't always agree with that God, right? But again, that mom, she identified herself as a God to me, right? Mm -hmm. she, she meant that much to me. And so that voice in my head was like, well, send your Hanuman spirit and the energy of Hanuman that you have with you to her and mm -hmm. have her, have him amplify that energy. Yeah. So every time I'd sit down, I would check in with uh, Hanuman and check in with Crane and say, hey, how's my mom doing? You guys holding her safe, doing what they can. I don't expect them to, to, to save her because that's, that's might not be her journey. Right. That is correct. My 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 hope with those two beings helping her was just to help ease the pain that she was in and just to keep her safe. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not asking them to create a miracle and save my mom. Oh my God, my mom doesn't deserve to die. Correct. To be completely fair, my mom smoked for 30 years. She died of lung cancer. It's not really that surprising, right? Yeah. I'm not being callous about that. Like I, I, yeah. I love my mom to death, and she quit long before she died of cancer. But like. There are decisions that we have in our lives that kind of lead to some of this we stuff. We do right? lead ourselves to our decisions. Yeah. Yes, we do. So I wasn't asking my guides to, 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 to free her from the the cancer that was with her. I just asked him to keep her safe. And I think that's that's a realistic ask. You know, I'm not asking Very for much some, so. some miracle. And, and not saying that they can't perform those miracles, but I think the humanistic side of me understood that my mom was on a different journey now. Yeah. Is it our decision or is it any it really... This is something that I will say always to every single one of my students. People say to me sometimes, when am I going to die? Like, well, I don't know, <laughs> right? Only death knows. Right. I have no idea. It's the same idea. It's, it's the, you know, we're sending something to her for comfort. Right. We're sending something to her for um, feeling the presence of something greater than you are as you're transitioning. Mm. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. I think that you being able to send that forward to, to her also helped you, right? No, yeah, most to, definitely. To feel calm and to feel like you're doing something to help her and believing in it because you have faith in what that is. Mm -hmm. And I'm almost certain that the crane... Uh, yeah. I mean, tell me what you know about Crane, Adam. I'm going to turn that on you. Yeah, no, definitely. So what Crane means to me is um, it's, it's comfort, right? Mm -hmm. So what I would picture is the Crane uh, being behind my mom and holding my mom within her wings. Beautiful. Like kind of wrapping her wings around her. Yep. So there's that comfort, um, love, safety, um, longevity. Um, you know, these, and the, those are the, you know, just a few of the things that kind of popped out with me with her, with Crane. I call her her. I'm not sure if she's a her or not, but. Well, yeah, uh, are you? Yeah. I, I guess I would see, I, I feel more feminine energy okay. from Crane rather than masculine energy. Okay. Uh, whereas, let's say White Tiger, I feel a lot of masculine energy with White Tiger mm -hmm. because 
um, I see the white tiger for me as a protector. And that's for you because I have a lot of clients that have tiger that is very feminine. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it goes either way to be honest I, with you. I think it's, I think it's what is fitting for you in your work. Yeah. Yeah. is what I think it is. But there's anyway. a, there's a guy that I listen, uh, a botanist I, I listened to a while back and he was saying that what, what he does, he's a medicinal botanist and what he'll do is he'll meditate with his plants. Yes. And so like, he'll find like, let's say uh, holy basil, right? And he'll just oh, yeah. meditate with holy basil all the time. And he says that he's gotten to a point to where, so let's say holy basil medicinally is good for decalcifying um, uh, damaged brain cells. It's good for memory recall. It's a lot of, a lot of cognitive response, right? Mm -hmm. They're having a lot of uh, luck with the dementia and, and things like that, right? So, and that's what I know holy basil will be used for. But this person's, uh, what he was trying to say was that if you get to know that plant well enough, internally and externally meditate with it know yes. it know its spirit that plant will do anything you want it to right it can it can help it can help with inflammation you bet. it can help with digestion it doesn't have to just be cognitive responses right yeah. and so i kind of feel the same way about the about power animals like right now like i have white tiger that I utilize for protection, for power, for keeping me safe. Like if I, like for sound baths, for example, I'll Personal. ask my white tiger to be there mm -hmm. to help like deflect any negative energies or energies that I'm not, that aren't meant for me. Very grounding too. Yeah, totally. Very grounding. You know, but I think there's, there's that, that ability once you create the relationship with these beings that they can do whatever the hell you want them to. You bet. Like that tiger can probably take me for a flight in the sky if I needed it to once I get to know it well enough, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think there's, there's a beauty in that too, where there's the initial reason that that animal spoke to you. And then there's the growth that you've got together into what that will now create a relationship and not the individual. And through the relationship that you have with these animals, I think that's where the true magic happens. Agreed. I, again, as I said, I have a swan, a big, beautiful swan, and she's one of my main animals that I work with, but she's also my protector. Mm. However, I know if I'm going into a reading or if I'm going into a shamanic practice or something that's going to come forward that I'm going to have to kick some ass with, mm. then I'm calling on another animal, right? <laughs> I'm calling on the one that I know is going to go in there with me and we're going to kick butt, right? So you get to know your power animals. They get to know you. I've even had it before where I've called forth an animal and I've asked, help me find this piece that I cannot find. I'm looking, I'm looking. And they're saying, I'm not the right animal for you. Mm. And then I'll have another animal come forward and say, I am. And this is one that I trust and one that I know. And then the two of us go together and we work. However, we don't work with each other as constant as I do with the one that I thought I was mm. supposed to work with. Again, I had to get my ego out of the way. It wasn't my decision as to what was working best for this particular client. Mm -hmm. It was spirits, it was the animals, and it was the situation that I was in. Yeah. That also comes with understanding and knowing these power animals. You got to get out of your way mm -hmm. because sometimes to be quite honest with you, they're going to show you something that you're like, I don't know what that is. And I don't trust that. And then they're going to say, is it yours to truly trust? I've, I've had those moments. I've had those moments yeah. where I'm like, okay, I need some help. And I'm like, is that the help I want? I'm like, what the, did you just fucking ask for help, man? <laughs> like, this is, this is the help you want. Right? But this is what I'm giving you, Adam. So, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get used to it here it is but you know they they will always be there for you always yeah. be there for you i um 
I will never forget the first time that I had a client that I was working with and she had a power animal come through so strongly but in her mind, she didn't believe that that was the one it was. Mm. In her mind, she thought it was something else. It wasn't the great, big, strong power animal that she thought it was supposed to be. No, it was <laughs> tiny, and it, it, it wasn't exactly what she thought. So she kept denying it, and she kept denying it, and I kept hearing from her, and she kept saying, are you sure that's what you saw? Are you absolutely sure that's what you saw? And I said, tell me what you feel. And she said, I'm sure that's not what you saw. So then finally one day she's, she's going along her way and a big deal comes up for her. Well, guess what showed up? Hmm. The one that she didn't think it was supposed to be. And even though she had denied it repeatedly, it came in and it showed her the way. Wow. I got the phone call. <laughs> I see what you meant by this. I accept it. And now I am grateful and living in gratitude for this beautiful gift that was brought forward. Right. But that was her learning. Yeah. Right. It was not mine. Gosh, the ego is such a ego pain in the ass. Ego is such a pain in the ass, Good Adam. God. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. But it's also a part of our lives that keep us safe in some ways. Yeah, definitely. It, it's the piece that says, well, wait a minute. Are you really supposed to go do that? I don't know. But yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, there, there is the whole ego death theory, you know, mm. kill the ego. And it, that's, that's misguided. You know, every, every part of us is there for a reason. I agree. Yeah. And I think that if you make friends with your ego... And you put it to the side when it's not needed. Right. And then you bring it forward when you feel like that little piece of that is needed in your life, then you can work with it. Yeah. It doesn't own you. Well, that's, that's, that's hard. That's a journey. It is. It, it is, is a journey. That's been the hardest thing for me because my ego is tied to my rationale. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I can feel that flare up a lot. Not so much anymore. It's been a long time since I've had a big ego flare. But in the beginning, when I first started learning about this style of life yeah, and the metaphysics, I remember life, oh, ever yeah, so well. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and it's it's so funny because like I'm at a point now where I can at least hear my ego separate yeah. from from my conscious thought, and uh, and it gives me an opportunity to to be that that observer and be like, really, is that what you think? Mm -hmm. Is that what you think? That is like, what come you on, think. Buddy. You know what though? Egos teach us a lot, and. Yeah. Egos, in some cases, get to where we need to be because sometimes they can bring us down so low that we look for a reason to get back up. Mm. So we can give them gratitude and grace for that. Yep. Right? Definitely. Not everything about an ego is bad. Right. Definitely. You know, my ego kept me alive for a long time. It yes, kept it me did. In, in a path, yeah. uh, some kind of a path of safety, you know. Um, but we get to a point to where we finally realize that there's other parts of our body that want to be a part of this. And it's just not the ego. Mm -hmm. It's not the ego show anymore. Right. I love it's the me. shirt. I saw a shirt in the yoga studio the other day that says your <laughs> ego is not your amigo. And I'm like, that's fucking great. Good for you. I love riding. You couplets. really should this wear that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. This is the one. Oh. Well, what do you, I want to ask you another question. Yeah. What do you think about having a Phoenix as a, that's an interesting one for me, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, it's a mythical creature. You it know? is mythical. <clears throat> but how do we know that? Right. Exactly. Well, mm -hmm. you know, thank you for bringing that up. Thank because you. The, 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 the country animal of Scotland is a unicorn. Yes. Right? The national animal yeah. of Scotland. You bet. It's a fucking unicorn. Like, come on now. There had to be a unicorn <laughs> somewhere. I mean, Something I know the Scots drink a lot, but come on. Somebody you know? saw one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that, you know, there was such a, uh, you know, big thing about, you know, dinosaurs when we first discovered dinosaur mm -hmm. bones, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, holy shit, there's these big ass, there's no way that was here before us. Phoenix, 
unicorns, fucking Loch Ness monsters. I mean, come yeah. on. There's there's so many Bigfoot. There's so many beings, and there's such a big planet that we live in that's cavernous. Like it's all not surface. Like it's we should true. we know more about space than we know about our own ocean. This is true. You know, actually, there is a I can't remember the name of the layer now, but I just read something that they've realized that the the ocean floor isn't actually the ocean floor. It's deeper. Yeah, it's yeah. deeper because what we see as the ocean floor is actually just. Um, uh, dead animals and dead fish and, you know, diatomaceous earth that's floated up and created a false floor. Yeah. So there's like miles and miles and miles of shit that we just now discovered. That's the thing. That's the faith piece. Yeah. Right? That's the part that says, well, you know what? I don't have all the answers yet, but I know I have a feeling inside of me that says that this phoenix is here for me and I'm going to work with it. Definitely. And you stop. I mean, what do phoenixes do? They burn away what is no longer needed, and it, they are then reborn, mm -hmm. right? And I've got so much shit to You've burn away. You've got so much shit to burn away. <sighs> but, you know, it's and, and it's funny because, like, uh, you know, utilizing this as an example, like, this is talking about me, my shit that I got to burn mm -hmm. away, right? But also in my practitioner work that I do, you know, I'm an energy healer, and so now I'm able to utilize these animals and these beings to come Correct. forth and help me help my clients, you know, so it's not always, um, you know, burning things away from me, but it's like, okay, now I see some, I see, I see a trauma point, you know, in a client and say, okay, well, I'm going to do some energy work, do some sound work. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not working. Okay, cool. Let's break out the big guns. Phoenix, do you feel like coming Come with forward, me? Yeah. Let's burn this away. Right, yep. Let's, let's find a way to get this out of there. You know, and just like I use, like I said, I use my, my white tiger to keep me safe. Um, now I can utilize these other beings to help do some of that, some of that work, right? Some there of the are hardcore tools, work right? that you're learning. That's stuff that you, that is actually going to enhance somebody else's life mm -hmm. as well as yours. Your relationship with your power animal is, is, uh, imperative in the work that you're doing. If you're doing this type of work, right. let's face it, we need help. Yes. Yes. Right. And we need spirit help. Mm -hmm. And What's better than a great big old ant? Yeah. I mean, it's going to help you mm -hmm. as long as you know it. Right. Right. And you feel it and you trust it that it's really happening. Mm. It is really happening. It is. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that that too helps with the ego part because it's not me doing anything. Like, I'm not the one that's waving a magic wand. I'm not like, mm -hmm. you know, physically going inside you, removing trauma. I'm energetically holding space so that my spirit guides and power animals can keep your spirit guides and power animals safe while we do this work together. Very, very true. You know, and that's, yeah. you know, again, that's, that's the ego side. Like, it's not me. I'm not the healer. Like I tell people that constantly. I'm not your healer. I'm just, I'm holding this space for you. This work does not come from me. Yeah. This work comes from a much higher power than who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And once you get to know that about your gift and about your talent, well, you know, you're unstoppable as long as you're living in practical and mystical. Right. Right. And yeah, the balance. And those are my words. Practical, practical mystical, mystical, practical, mystical. Yep. Yeah. And there is a balance. Like it's, oh, it's, it's a big balance. I found myself very caught up in the mystical because I didn't give it any merit for a long time. And so once I finally got there, I'm like, Oh, new toy. I'm Whoa, staying wow. here. Let's just play in yeah. this realm for a while. <laughs> you know, and we joked about it earlier, but you know, you had a conversation with me a couple months ago that was like, okay, stop living in meditation. You yep. know, you're meditating like six times a day, you know, that's, that's too much. And it's funny because that's something that I'd always heard is that, you know, one of the perils of meditation is that sometimes we just live there because that's where we feel safe. And if your entire life becomes meditation, you might as well just go live in a cave somewhere. Yeah. What, why bother? Yeah. You're not actually learning. You're not putting forth what you've learned through right. your meditations. And, you know, I, 
I think practical and mystical is the way that people should be walking. You put one foot in both and you move forward. Um, yes, my dear, meditating as much as you were was becoming more detrimental to you than helpful. And so if we take a step back and we realize that this work is greater than we are, but we can't be so enveloped in it that we forget that we still have to pay bills. Mm -hmm. We still have to eat. We still need to provide safety and warmth for those around us. If we get too involved in the mystical and we forget about the practical, we find ourselves in another set of situations that we don't want to be in. Right. So the same as, as trusting and feeling faith in these power animals and in these beautiful abilities that we have and that we're gaining and growing, we also have to remember that the bill has to be paid. Yes. We need heat, mm-hmm. right? I mean, householders. It's something. We need, yeah. Yep. So it's the same with this. You can delve so far into something that coming back feels painful mm. and doesn't feel real. But if we can go practical, mystical, even with our power animals. I get on an airplane. The first thing I do is I call my swan or my eagle or my swan forward and I ask them to help help me get where I need to be hmm. because I have this really weird fear of flying, yeah. right? So at that moment when I'm calling them, they're surrounding me. Well, then when I land, I give them thanks and I get off the plane and I go about my day, right? Yeah. I don't live in that on right. a constant, constantly. You're going to lose yourself if you do that. There's a, the, the thing that kind of pops into my mind with, with that concept is um, the concept of the Bodhisattva. So in the mm. Buddhist, Buddhist concept. Yeah. So, you know, when, uh, so Buddha's story is he, you know, sat down under the Bodhi tree 40 days and 40 nights and found Nirvana. And once he found it, he chose to come back. Right. And yep. because he wanted others to help, he wanted to help others try to find that. And so that's the Bodhisattva kind of idea is that you found it, you know, it's there, but you're choosing to come back. So in, in, in a way, once you find the metaphysical world, yes, you have the opportunity to live there, right? You that's bet. your Nirvana. Right. But yeah. Is that your path, right? Because we're humans, right? We've, we've chosen this human existence for a reason. There's we lessons to be bodies. learned as this human yes. experience. So in a way, we, depending on your belief structure, we're, we're all ethereal beings and we're all metaphysical beings, mm-hmm. right? There's a remembrance that happens maybe once you understand that about yourself. But again, if you live in that space, then you've chosen nirvana. You've chosen to just be in that space and, and, and eat it up for yourself and not actually come back and help others find it. And you isn't know? that really what we want? Exactly. We want to, we want to be, okay, so not, I'm not saying that living in a cave is the easiest thing in the world, right? No. But <laughs> if you live by yourself, like Walden, right? So there's the famous book, Walden, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Thoreau, right? Mm-hmm. He had two chairs, one for him and one in, in case, case somebody, somebody came somebody by. Came. But if you're always by yourself, then there's like this false sense of peace that you find because... You can be peaceful with yourself, right? You can know how not to piss yourself off. You can know how to make sure yourself is taken care of. But when we start to involve others, that's when shit gets sideways because you have different needs, desires, beliefs, and understandings than I do. And for us to 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 exist harmoniously, we have to find a balance with that. Correct. You know, and so and that's again, that's part of that bodhisattva kind of idea. It's like we're all in this together, so let's all find a way to to find peace. To be together. together. Yeah. yeah. And that includes living spiritually and living naturally, and and living in this moment and living in another moment, and everything, everything that we do, we must do in moderation. Mm-hmm. If we don't, 
we're going to start losing ourselves one way or the other. Right. Right? So it's the same way with power animals. If I'm constantly sleeping in my power animal, gosh, you know what? I wouldn't know how to exist on my own. Right. Right? And I need to know how to exist on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, But boy, when I'm ready to work, they're there. Yeah. And they're ready to go. And they know that they are up. This is it. We're going. Let's do this. Let's go kick some spiritual, you know, whatever. Right. And, <laughs> and they're ready. They're at the ready. Yeah. And you know what? I, and you know what? I, I was also going to talk to you real quickly that sometimes you will have a power animal that will stay with you for your entire life. Mm, okay. From the very beginning, from birth forward. But then as you move throughout your life, other ones will come forward. And they'll come when you need them the most. Um, I've had Fox come forward, but right now I have to say that Fox is kind of lying dormant Mm. because it's not currently what I need. I've had other, I mean, I've had fish come forward, but it's not currently what I need right now. When the time is right and they know that I need them, they will show. Um, But I always know that there's about four or five that I can rely on on a daily basis that they will always be there. And again, you will get to know that through your practices and through your meditations and through your journeys. One thing I might also bring forward is that if you want to get to know your power animals, you need to really find somebody that can take you to that place. Mm. Find somebody that can um, work with you that can take you on some beautiful journeys because it can be quite overwhelming sometimes to have something come forward and be like, what the hell is this Phoenix? Why is this thing burning up? And why am I really hot in this moment? And Uh what is going on? And so things like that can be really overwhelming. Find somebody that can help you along those journeys. If you cannot, then learn as much as you possibly can before you go into a type of journey like that. It can be overwhelming. I, I have to tell you, um, you know, I've, I, again, I've had clients that have seen animals that have come at them and they've been so scared. They don't know what to do. Right. Right. Like, well, tell me about the animal. What was it doing? Well, it was this great big, like baboon. Uh, yeah. baboon, And it was like hitting things and it was like, bam, bam, bam. And it was scary and it, the whole thing. And I'm like, well, wasn't that its natural habitat? Right. So what about that is actually frightening if you look and see what they're doing. Right. So mm. have somebody that can guide you through these particular um, journeys. Yeah. They're really important journeys, but finding your power animal. And again, remember, they're only going to show themselves when they're ready. It is not your decision. Right. That is your ego. That's speaking. your ego. Exactly. Going back to it. They will only show themselves when they are ready. And they believe that you are needing them in that moment. Yeah, yeah. The um, and I'll I'll emphasize the the uh, the teacher aspect. Um, so I when I when I found this path, I, I went at it on my own for a long time. Meditation, mm-hmm. um, spirit work, things like that. And and I thought I was doing fine. I thought I was doing great. You know, and I and for all intents and purposes, I was like I was changing things about myself. I was understanding new you things. You were doing and, great. Yeah, but. And I, and I, I never remember saying to myself many times, like, I don't, I'm fine. I don't need a teacher. Like I thought about it, the, the, the thought popped in my head a few times. Like that <laughs> thought, like some, that spirit was like, Hey dude, might be time for a teacher. I'm like, I'm fine. It's good. No, I'm good. <laughs> but, and it wasn't until I, I you know, we started working together mm-hmm. and, and it's, you know, I've had many mentors in my life, business mentors, friend mentors, you know, just you people have a beautiful to, to give set me of guidance. People. Yeah. Totally. If, I've, I've, if I look do. back at my life, I've been guided in a very beautiful way by mm-hmm. somebody. 
um, whether it's a parent or a parental figure or just a really dear friend that just has my best interest yes. in mind. Yeah. And, and so when I found you, it was that breath of fresh air of like, oh my God, that's why we have teachers because teachers understand when we can take more. Teachers understand when we need to marinate more on what we already have. Mm -hmm. Teachers understand that, okay, cool. Your, uh, your ego's flaring a little bit. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's find a way to slap that down in, in a way that you'll understand what's happening and why, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it, there's a beautiful relationship between teacher and student and, I've always known that, but in this realm, I was like, I'm fine. I don't need that shit until we met. And I'm like, ah, oh, of course, yeah, Wait you're my teacher. Minute, That's why I'm just waiting for you something. this whole yeah. time. You know? you know, my journey was very similar. I thought I was doing okay. I could see these spirits, but you know what? I, I could put them to the side. I was doing fine. Right. No problem until I wasn't. And then I realized that I needed a teacher hmm. and I found a teacher. And through my teacher, I learned how to work with these things and my arrogance slowly <laughs> went away and I became more humble and I understood that oh wait a minute there's more out there oh you mean I didn't have all the answers in my tiny little bit of knowledge right. thinking that I had all of them didn't mm -hmm. even have I wasn't even close um so I was very fortunate to have found my teacher, and I feel very fortunate to be able to be working with you, Adam. Same. Your knowledge base is amazing, and I think that you have so much to offer and so much to share. And I think you're just like, you're ready. You're going. Oh, thank you. You're thank going. You very much. It's I a beautiful that. thing. Yeah. Well, I want to take it back a little bit uh, yeah. to uh, the, the statement you made about how power animals come and go. Yes. Um, so this was something I realized about myself and um, how much I judged things in my life mm -hmm. from that concept and that, that statement. Um, I, it, so it, it was, it was when you pitched that idea to me, maybe about a year or so ago, it made me really look at my life. Right. And I, you know, I was, a, I was a young father. I had a lot of life happen in a very young age. Yes. And um, a lot of times I feel like I'm not the best of friends. Like I'm not a good friend because I've got a lot of shit going on in my life. I can't really carve out time for people all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But when people need me, I'm there, mm -hmm. right? And when I need friends, I know who I can call on and they can come in, even if I haven't talked to them in a while. And so that kind of made me look at that within myself, this concept of how the, these animals come and go, because friends are very, very similar. Like I don't necessarily need to have the person that knows how to deal with my anxiety around me all the time because I'm not always anxious, but the times that I am anxious, I'm going to call that person. Yes. And it's not like I'm using that person, but I understand the purpose that that person serves in my life. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I say that is, uh, you know, and I know a lot of people share this because I've had this conversation numerous times now, but you know, we have friends that come and go in our lives. And sometimes we're that friend that's like, shit, I'm a, I'm a shitty friend. I haven't <laughs> talked to that person in a long time. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Why can't I, I love that person. It's because like when, they, when you're needed in their life, they know they can call you. And when you need them in their life, in your life, you know that you can, you can call them. Like, I don't need to go and see you every single day and spend time with you and to conversate with you. There are definitely people in my life like that. Yes. Right? But there's also my friend Drew who lives in Texas that I grew up with that if I have anything that happens dramatically sideways, I know that I can call him and he'll be there for me. Mm -hmm. But because I haven't talked to him in five years, it doesn't negate the fact that we're still lifelong friends. Right? It doesn't mean that I'm using him because now I understand 
the 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 need for his energy, right? And it's very similar to these power. It animals, is very, you know, very similar. I had a, a specific um, example around this. I had a very difficult client coming in. I thought I had all my animals ready to go. I was listening to what spirit was telling me. I I was ready. I mean, I knew that this person that was coming in for decisions that this person had made throughout their lives was going to be very, very difficult. Mm. And that maybe there were some attachments there that I didn't, you know, oof, I was ready, but I, I was ready. Anyway, I, <laughs> when he walked in, it was very clear to me that I wasn't as ready as I thought I was mm. going to be. And we got into session together, and as we sat face to face, I knew in that moment that I had to call the big guns, the mm. ones that I didn't normally use. And as soon as I thought it, as soon as I even thought, the tiniest little inkling came into my head, they were there. Mm. And I don't call them very often. I don't use them very often. I began with gratitude. I said, thank you for being here. And they said to me, we need to be here. Mm. And at that point, they were the ones that helped me. They were the ones that took over. And they were the ones that, that I didn't even know I needed. Right. right? Same thing with those friends. I didn't know I need that. I didn't know that they needed me, but we were together when it was needed. Um, and for that, I gave gratitude. And for that, I was so very lucky and so very blessed because, to be honest with you, they protected me in a way that I didn't know I needed. Mm. Same idea. You will meet them. You will learn them. You will grow with them. And sometimes you will not see them for two to three years. And then as soon as you need them, you say their name and they're there. Yeah. That is what they are here for. We are not overusing them. We are underusing them. They're pure beings. Yeah. They're pure, yeah. right? They're beautiful. Oh God. I could talk about power animals for like days and days. They're just, <laughs> what they want more than anything is to help. Yeah. Call on them. Yep. And that's, I don't know if we said this while we were rolling, but, uh, you know, I have the, the idea of the false idea that I utilize my, I call on them too much. Like I'm overusing my yeah, power you can't animals, do power it. guides. All you that. can't. There's, stop and think about it. If, you know, just their timing is by far different than ours. So if you just want to talk about, you know, their time compared to our time, there is no difference. They're, right. they're ultimate. They're infinite. There's nothing to them. If you just want to talk about knocking on their door, right? I mean, it's not like my 8 o'clock where I shut down. No, there's no <laughs> 8 o'clock for them that they shut down. They're always there for us. We cannot overuse them. Yeah. We cannot. That, and, and it's the same idea. Don't you love to use your knowledge base? Don't yeah. you love to use the things that you've learned? You love to use it. They're the same way. They're so strong. They are so, so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, the only thing that I really want to emphasize, though, I think walking out and saying, oh, look, I've seen that squirrel three times. Well, there you go. That's my power animal. Yeah, yes. Really make sure that you are honoring that gift and make sure that you're not just overlooking what the what that squirrel might be telling you, right? right? Um be with somebody who can guide you through that journey. Be with somebody that can say to you, yeah, okay, you do have this squirrel. I see this. Because now you can really utilize it for what it's for. Right? right? Just, oh, there's a squirrel. I guess I need to go forage some nuts. I mean, right. it, utilize it in a way that it's designed for. Mm-hmm. But get to know it. Yeah. The more you do that, the more that you will, you will learn to grow and appreciate that 
beautiful gift that's been given to you, but find someone that can help you get there. Definitely. I think it's so vital. I, I worry about, um, misappropriation. I worry about so very many things when it comes to this, because, you know, let's be honest. We, we don't know everything. Right. Not at all. We don't. And we want to make sure that a, we're being safe and that B that we're, we're doing this in the right way. Right. So get to somebody that knows how to introduce you in the right way to what you can and, and will ultimately work with. Right. Yeah. Honor that knowledge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the biggest thing. It's, it's, you know, like when you could really understand where the knowledge comes from and, you know, by, <clears throat> you know, it, for my understandings, a lot of, a lot of what I'm learning now is, is, uh, based off indigenous cultures. Yes. And by no, by, 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 right now in this being form that I am, I'm a white male, right? I'm not yes. indigenous. I might have some ancestral indigenous culture, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever, but <clears throat> I'm trying my hardest to honor the knowledge that's coming in. I'm exactly. trying to find the proper teachers like yourself, learning and finding the proper literature, having open conversations about this stuff, yes. you know, with people of indigenous natures, with other cultures to try to really get a good understanding of like making sure I'm honoring. Right. But I think so important. everything Adam. that I, every message that I'm getting back from myself, from my, my guides, my animals, even the conversations that I have with humans is... It's kind of like when you go to a foreign country. If you go to a foreign country and just like speak loudly and slowly in your native language, you're an asshole, right? But if you learn like few phrases like where's the bathroom? What color is that? How do I get to the train station? If you show the attempt at trying to Honor. understand, yes. There's so much more giving and love. Yes. Like when we went to France the first time, I was like, "Oh shit, like France has this pompous kind of like overtones and posh nature and all this stuff." The first time I was in France, I stumbled through a phrase of like, where's the bathroom? And this guy was like, cute American. Awesome. Come over here, buddy. We're going to show you around. We're going to do some things. I'm like, cool. I made a friend from trying to say like, stumble through. Where's the bathroom at? By the way, I still got to pee. So like, once we're done shoving around, yeah, show me where going? the bathroom's at. Yeah. Homie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and that's exactly what I'm saying. A squirrel is a squirrel until it's not. Right. Right. So honor this medicine. Honor the gift of this medicine. And how we do that is we get to the right people to show us the right way to do this type of work. Mm-hmm. It's so vital because everything that we, at least in my practice, most things that I work with are from our indigenous peoples. And I honor them every day. Mm-hmm. And yet it's still not enough. Right. Right. So. I believe strongly that if this is a journey that you choose to go on, you should find somebody that can show you the right way. You should find somebody that can introduce you to this beautiful work in a way that's honoring of what the work is and where it truly comes from, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Just finding that beautiful squirrel and thinking that you have all the answers because you saw a squirrel three times is really not going to get you where you want to be. I can promise you that. (laughs) You're still missing the point just a little bit. You're trying to take a nut off with the screwdriver, you know, it's like, come on. No, where are we going with that? But so honor it, find the right people, find, find your teacher. Because really, all of us need to learn still. Yeah, I, I've always, I say it to every one of my clients, every one of my students. We're going to get to the end of this, and then, oh my gosh, guess what? We get to start over because we've only just begun. Right. And I could be working with you for five to ten years, and I'm still like, yay, guess what? We get to start over. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Because everything that we just found, now let's build on it. Right. When we stop learning, we stop growing. Mm-hmm. When we stop growing, we stop existing, really. 
Right. Yep. I had a client the other day ask me, when when am I going to be healed? <laughs> ED, at the end of the word heal. I'm no. like, oh, don't, don't even, that, let's take <laughs> that ED out. There's no need for that word, that, that, that suffix to be there at all. Because yeah. once we figure out a healing of sorts, it's going to unravel something else that we can start it to will. work on. Yeah. Because we're living in an active world that's full of trauma. So we're, we're gathering traumas yes. daily. We're gathering things we're going to have to work on daily. But we're also, there's... I mean, I'm 42 years old and there's a mountain of things I haven't even thought about getting to yet because the shit that precursors that <laughs> is so big, It's big. you know? And then once I knock that yeah. mountain down, it's like, yeah. oh, Everett's is twice as big? Like oh, fucking no. hell, man. Wait a minute. There's more? Yes. No. You know, yeah, you know I always thought, boy, I'm at the end of my training. I'm, it's good. I'm <laughs> awesome. This is woohoo. Then I realized that I had only begun. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that there was so much more on the other side of the mountain because now I'm going back down the mountain and then I'm going to climb back up. Mm -hmm. So even whereas I've been doing this for quite some time, I am nowhere near where I want to be. And because of that, I, I find awe and I find wonder and yeah. I find, what do you mean? This means this. And what do you mean? This means this. Well, okay, let's go do it. So have that awe, have that wonder, but find the right teacher. Yes. Find somebody to take you to this work. Find somebody to help you introduce yourself to these beautiful creatures in the right way, mm -hmm. with the right timing and the right verbiage and the good hellos and the thank yous. So That's beautiful. Yeah. I have a, an allegoric story. I think we can uh, wrap this all up yeah. nicely with a bow on. Wonderful. Um, so there's a, it's, a, it's a story of Buddha. Uh, and so Buddha had two disciples that he's working with very closely and he'd been working with these two disciples for about 10 years each. Mm. And so it was time to check in with them, let them know how they're doing on their path. So disciple one comes in and Buddha sits down with them and says, Hey, you're doing great. I, uh, you know, when we first met 10 years ago, I said, you'd reach enlightenment in 12 years and I want you to know you're on the path, but I think it's going to take a little bit longer. So we're looking at maybe 15 to 20 years, but you're doing good and you're on the path, right? The disciples like, Hey, all right, Buddha, you said 12 years, it's been 10. If you're going to give me another five to 10 years, I'm not doing this shit. I'm out. Sorry, buddy. Buddha's like, all right, cool. Peace be with you. Uh, second disciple comes in, very similar conversation. Hey, uh, we met 10 years ago. I said about 10, about 12 to 15 years, you'd find enlightenment. You got about 10 more years, right? But you're going good. You're on the path, right? You're doing yeah. all the things right. It just takes time. You know, we didn't, we don't know exact time. And the disciple looked at Buddha and said, I'm on the right path. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't care how fucking long it takes. I'm on the right path. And at that moment, that gentleman reached enlightenment. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Hey, guess what? 10 years, not 12. <laughs> hey, all right. You know, and so that's, I, I think that really kind of wraps it up for me. You know, it's like if you're, you're just knowing that you're on the path mm -hmm. and, and right or wrong and different, like if it feels good to you and you're, you're, you're honoring where you're at and, and the, the teachers that you're absorbing and the, the knowledge that you're working with and man. You're on the path. Trust your path. Trust that path. Trust that path. Hell yeah. It will not steer you wrong. Damn straight. Yep. You're the best, Holly. I love you, Adam. Love you too. We'll <laughs> see y'all next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for spending time with Holly and I. If you desire to learn more about power animals, check out the show notes for links to the book we talked about, as well as links to get in touch with Holly and myself. Obeisance and love. We'll see y'all next time.